The nursery rhyme Ring Around the Rosie doesn't lie when it says, we all fall down. But why we fall down is what makes the difference between child's play and murder. Unfortunately, if you're on today's countdown, your fall wasn't a children's game. It was possibly much more sinister. We're counting down the most suspicious falls. Whether they fell from the sky, out of a window, or just in their own home, the details of these stories will have you questioning everything. All you weirdos, welcome to Crime Countdown, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. Every week we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes, all picked by the Parcast Research Gods. In this episode, we're counting down the top 10 suspicious falls. Ooh. So I feel personally victimized by this episode. <laughs> I have a feeling you would. Yeah. I am so clumsy, as you know, Elena. Yes. My grandpa actually nicknamed me Crash mm-hmm. because I have crashed his car many times. <laughs> My car once or twice, maybe three times. And I also just walk into everything. So oh. I kind of wonder if anyone would find a fall of mine like where I died suspicious because I think I might be kind of screwed. Yeah, you know what? To be honest, I think I think you might be. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Because before this conversation, I would probably just be like, you know what? Yeah, Ash probably did just slip and fall off the Statue of Liberty. Or- yeah, that would happen to me. <laughs> the image that that just created I in my know, mind. Right? Just sailing out. Yeah, but I'll give you like a little more credit than you gave yourself. Because I, I think in reality, that. if something happened, you would get like your detective coat on faster than Sherlock yeah, Holmes yeah. himself. No, I would. I, I, I joke. I joke. I joke. But... <laughs> I, I'm like suspicious as hell, as we all know. And yes. I don't I don't even trust my mailman and I love my mailman. I like love him. <laughs> but for real, for real, I always want answers. I think anybody who's listened to Morbid knows I like need answers. I rarely, rarely take things at face value. Yeah, well, I think that this list will probably drive you a little nuts then. Definitely will. Some of these are just what they are, suspicious, and we don't necessarily have answers. Obviously, you know that, Elena, (laughs) because you have five crimes and so do I, but neither of us knows which suspicious crime is coming next. Ooh, let's start the countdown. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some... The gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Blair. Want to hear something scary? Join me as I read the creepiest urban legends, folk tales, and ghost stories that I learn on my travels around the world and that we receive from listeners like you. But only if you think you can handle it. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sweet screams. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, 
host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. Search To Die For in your podcast app to follow the show. 10. I'll start us off with number 10, the Russian coronavirus doctors. At the end of April, beginning of May 2020, three Russian doctors mysteriously, quote unquote, fell out of windows, killing two of them. Russian leaders blame this on stress, personal problems, or lack of caution near the windows and not foul play. Hmm. The three falls also happened just as the COVID crisis was getting worse in a country that loves to control the narrative. This seems completely legit. Yeah, it totally is. I see nothing suspicious. Let's get into it. Let's get on to the next one, because this isn't suspicious at all. <laughs> on April 24th, 2020, the chief of emergency medical services at a Russian astronaut training base, who was infected with COVID-19, fell out a window and died from the fall. Falling out of a window is always really suspicious to me, because it's like, that's a window. Yeah? You had to get a little That's a up. window. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the hospital statement said she, quote, died tragically in a, quote, accident, but nothing more. Oh, okay. Nothing, nothing to see here. Nothing more. <laughs> Look away. Thank you. Just keep on moving. A week later, doctor number two, we'll call her, was on a conference call with health officials, and she disagreed with a plan related to COVID-19. And then she also, quote unquote, fell out a window and died. Uh-oh. So now we got two doctors just like, oopsie, going out the window. No. Not good. We and, don't. <laughs> and we're not done yet, because like I said, there's three. Uh-oh. Doctor number three, who also had COVID-19, said publicly that he'd been forced to work while sick, but then later recanted the statement, like, were you threatened, buddy? Did I, You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say... Maybe. It's like, did something happen? What did they say to you? Perhaps. You know? I don't know. Well, the next day, May 2nd, so eight, just eight days after our first doctor fell, the outspoken third doctor, wouldn't you know it, falls out a window and cracks his skull. But guess what? What? He Gloria Gaynors it and survives. What? He will survive. You he know? will survive. He did survive. He did. Now, it's still a conspiracy theory to blame the state, but it is worth noting that adversaries of the Kremlin have been killed over the years in numerous ways. And here we are just being like, we don't know. I have We're no idea. We're not saying. I don't live there. I'm just, I, will we present you with these facts that seem to lead to one very obvious conclusion? Yes. Yeah. But you come up with that conclusion. <laughs> Goodbye. Nine. Number nine on our countdown is the death of Leslie Newlander in Syracuse, New York. On September 17th, 2012, Leslie's daughter called 911. Her father told her to call because his wife had fallen in the shower. But when help arrived, Leslie wasn't in or even near the shower. She was in the bedroom and the bedroom was covered in blood. I know this one. I think I saw like a dateline or like a 48 hours about this. Already it's like, explain. Yeah, what, <laughs> what exactly happened, doctor? You're, you're going to have to connect these dots, doctor. So Dr. Robert Newlander said he found wife Leslie in the bathroom and moved her to perform CPR which immediately 
what doctor moves a hurt victim? Yeah, that's like rule number one at doctor school. Of co- at that doctor school you that know they the all one. go to. The one. <laughs> yes, that one doctor school. Don't move them. Also, the daughter witnessed him moving her. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just like, oh, no, I don't know what happened. He, she was like, no, I saw this. Yeah. And again, it doesn't make sense that a doctor would do that. So already it's like, ding, ding, ding. Well, the medical examiner ruled it an accident. And the report said that Leslie died from hitting her head on the shower bench. Which already I'm like, okay, she could have. Yeah, but I don't know if she it I don't was know if an she accident. Did. I'm just saying. So there was a suspicious piece of evidence, and uh it's a big suspicious piece of evidence, I will say. The bedroom was covered in blood spatter and pools of blood. Yeah, because if you only moved her um one time, why would there be pools of blood all over the bedroom? Because that's I'm I'm wondering if he's like, okay, so when I picked her up, I then just like flung her around to see if that would wake her up and like that's why all that happened like what how would that happen that's the only that's the only like, reasonable explanation why, like like a towel at a sporting event you like wave over your head is that what he did the hand motion that you're making it does, doesn't make any sense no it doesn't there's blood spatter you can't explain that you know it does make sense i feel as though he killed her in the bedroom perhaps so and the daughter also can be heard on that 911 call commenting on all the blood before commenting on seeing her mother. So this points to the fact to me that she saw the bedroom covered in blood before her dad carried Leslie's body out of the bathroom. So it's like he killed her, then moved her to the bathroom and was like, she hit her head and that blood happened after, but that doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, and then the doctor, the doctor, the daughter walks in and is like, oh my God, that's a lot of blood. And then he's like, oh, look. Look at this. Yeah, like, we'll just go with that it. That doesn't make sense, Doc. Initially, the community praised their marriage, but there were financial problems and Leslie was trying to leave him. Always the case. I was going to say the very familiar narrative that we've heard a million times. Over a year later and after reinvestigating, Dr. Newlander was charged with the murder of his wife. Well, that's good at least. So we have closure. Closure. Eight. Number eight on our countdown of top 10 suspicious falls is Malaysia Airlines Flight 370. Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 took off on March 8, 2014 and disappeared during its flight from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing. Debris found later confirmed a crash of some sort, but no other answers, passengers, or the plane itself have ever been found. This freaks me out. This one is bananas. I hate this so much. Oy. Because Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 seems to have just fallen from the sky and vanished, you know what that means. Release uh, the theories. Yes, bring them on. We've got about 400. I'm in. Not that many for today. <laughs> one theory cites a cockpit fire that disoriented the pilots who succumbed to smoke inhalation. So like a nightmare. All right. That's terrifying. The plane flew in a circle for hours without the ability to radio for help and just crashed. Okay, that's, I'm not kidding you, my worst nightmare. Absolutely. Flying around in a circle for hours knowing that you're just going to- That eventually you're just going to crash. That's terrifying. Wow. Like add that to my list of fears and put it right at the top. No, I hate that a lot. Two men on board were Iranian nationals who boarded the flight using forged passports. So at first they were like, the investigators initially suspected terrorism, but now they believe that they were asylum seekers. Oh, okay. They were a little too quick to assume. Quick on that. 
Another theory is that a hijacker came aboard, messed with the equipment on board, and falsified satellite information on behalf of a government. Wow. We love a government conspiracy wow. theory. That one's deep. There's also ongoing speculation of terrorist hijacking, but no groups claimed responsibility, and they haven't found enough evidence to suspect a specific group. I know. I, 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 have, I can't even say it. I'm like, what happened? I have no idea. Because all of these kind of make sense. All of it could have happened. And you know what? Before what? we wrap this one up, Elena, let's have some paranormal fun. Oh, bring it. Because the supernatural theories are popular for this one. Theories from alien interference to black holes and other interruptions to time-space travel have risen in popularity the longer it remains missing. I mean, I, I don't... I hate all of it because... This is a terrible, terrible thing that happened. Absolutely. But I'd rather believe a supernatural thing happened. Maybe alien, aliens were just like, you know what? Come here. Come, It'll be come, better. Come. It'll be fine. Let's hope that's what I it like is. I like that one. I'm going with Happy it. Happy ending. Wrap it up. Whoop. Seven. At number seven this week, we're headed back to Russia with Nikolai Gorokov. In 2017, Russian lawyer Nikolai Gorokov suspiciously fell from a fourth floor balcony right around the time he went public about a $230 million corruption scandal uh, involving high-ranking state officials. That is so suspicious. Wow, nothing to see here. That's so tragic and... You know, that's it. couldn't have been avoided. That's just it. No way. The end. Well, Nikolai represented a man who publicly filed complaints regarding an illegal $230 million tax rebate scheme. So already it's like, you're going in hot. Yeah. We're starting <laughs> off this one it's really rough. We're really just jumping in with both feet. That man was jailed and beaten to death by prison guards in 2009. Oh, wow. In 2012, President Putin said that man died of a heart attack. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure, sure. Sure, sure, Sounds Poots. good, Mr. Sure, Putin. sure. Uh, eight other people involved in the same case have also died in mysterious or violent events. If I was involved in that case, I would go into the witness protection program. Yeah, I would just, yeah, I'd jump into a wormhole and go to another time. Yeah, I'd be abducted <laughs> just, by aliens. Please and thank you. I'd get their contact information and head to Area 51. Well, what's crazy about this is Nikolai survived the 50-foot drop, but fractured his skull and has no memory of the event. Oh, wow. Yes. He still feels duty-bound to continue pursuing the case despite what he believes was an assassination attempt because he wants to avenge an honest man that was killed in jail. Which, wow, Nikolai. Yeah, that's really... I Like, I I respect that, but also just stop. I, I was I, like... Stop Nikolai. It. That was like a warning sign. Someone you're, you're was great. telling you. Yeah, you're great, Nikolai. But like... Stop. You did your best. Just stop. Yeah. Six. Landing at number six, the parachute murder plot. On Easter Sunday, 2015, experienced and trained skydiver Victoria Sillier's parachute failed after she jumped from 4,000 feet. Oh, Imagine. No. She hit the ground at 60 miles <gasps> per hour and miraculously lived. 
Oh, at what cost? I know. But suspicions about why her shoot failed uncovered a murder plot by none other than her husband. The most unique and intricate of murder plots. Seriously, I'm like, uh, sir, what <laughs> happened here? <laughs> involved a, like, what? Why? A sky a skydiving? Like, a parachute accident? That's a lot. He's like, I'm going to ruin what she loves and ruin her. Oi. So Victoria landed in a soft, newly tilled field and survived, but she had broken her spine, fractured her ribs, and shattered her pelvis. I believe it. Which, fun fact, my pelvis is the only bone I've ever broken, and it was the most painful thing that's ever happened to me. And imagine shattering it. No, and along with fracturing your ribs and breaking your spine. Yikes. Anywho, at first it was considered just like a crazy freak accident. Because it could happen. Yeah, but then things got suspicious and the head of the Army Parachute Association was not buying that her main and backup chutes would both fail. Because that's like one in a million chances. That's true. Probably one in like 80 million chances. So he investigated it and he called the police. So what happened, you ask? Well... Victoria's husband, Emil Silliers, took her parachute into a bathroom the day before the jump and sabotaged it. <gasps> Imagine! What? He just took it into the bathroom and was like, I don't like snip, 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 I guess. I don't I, know. I just reached in there with scissors and was like, something will work in there. I don't even know how to like sabotage what? a parachute, but he did. Turns out this was the second time that he had tried to kill his wife within one week. Now that's persistence. Not even just in general, within that same week. Wow. Leading up to Easter too, it's like, really? Wow. Now, even after his trials, Victoria didn't believe he had done it. Like, oh, honey. honey. Exactly, <laughs> oh, <girl>. Exactly, honey. <laughs> oh, stop. Victoria's friends reported that the relationship was very toxic, obviously. You don't say. It wasn't physically abusive, but it was for sure manipulative and unhealthy. I think unhealthy is a great way to describe that. <laughs> I would call that the understatement of the yeah, century. Very unhealthy. Now, the investigator said that Emil displayed psychopathic traits, was under a lot of financial stress, and was motivated by life insurance fraud. Of course. Always. That is, it's always the dollar signs with these like spouse murders. It always is. You know? Where's the love? There's no love. Wow. That, that last one just blew my brain apart. I know. I'd never heard of it before either. And I was like, uh, what? Like you hear about like, you know, spouses like staging things for life insurance scams and all that. Right. But to make them fall out of the sky, to fall from the heavens Seriously. and pretend that it was an accident. Like, like, goodbye. Whoa, that's a lot. It was a lot. And then Russia's just, just really, really doing the damn thing on this list. Russia is sus. I'm a little scared. Russia, are you coming back? Let's just on the list. Let's not talk to them anymore. I don't know. Maybe they won't come back on the list. I hope not. You discover their practices, seek their advice, and let yourself become more vulnerable than ever before. They have the ability to heal what the doctors can't, or so they say. Hi listeners, it's Vanessa from the podcast series Cults. 
Be sure to check out our four-part special on Miracle Healers airing right now. Meet figures from around the world who claimed powers and pushed remedies, but harbored more sinister intentions. You don't want to miss it. And if you're looking for more episodes on the most radical and deadly groups in history, tune in to Cults every Tuesday. From Jim Jones and the People's Temple, to Charles Manson and the Manson family, to Keith Raniere and Nexium, you'll uncover the unscrupulous methods used to turn bright-eyed recruits into die-hard believers. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Cults, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Five. All right, let's jump back in with number five on our countdown of Suspicious Falls. Starting off the second half of our list is the 2006 death of Ray Rivera in Baltimore, Maryland. Ray Rivera went missing on May 16, 2006. After days of searching, his body was found in a ground floor building at the Belvedere Hotel, directly under a hole in the roof. On the surface, it suggested suicide, but some of the details raised doubts. Dun, dun, dun. Ray's car was found near the hotel, and co-workers explored the area and spotted the hole in the hotel's lower roof from on top of a neighboring parking garage. Oh, wow. So immediately they think he jumped from the top of the hotel, but his family says he was not suicidal and he didn't have any known mental illnesses. Okay. So already they're like, what? This isn't jiving. That's very bizarre. Now, the day he went missing, a guest in his house said Ray received a phone call and then left the house in a hurry. That is so spooky. I hate that. That's in a couple cases that we've covered that you're like, who called? And you're always like, who is it? And what did they say? I need to know. You, and a lot of you times, never find out. I was just going to say, you can never find out, especially now with like iPhones, because they're so like locked. Yes. You just can't find out. You can never find out. And it so makes me crazy. So his cell phone and glasses were found on the roof next to the hole, basically undamaged but a detective who worked the case said they appeared staged for sure. An engraved money clip he always carried on him was never found. So now we have robbery. So now that, and that doesn't make any sense. Now we go to the physics. The distance between where he would have allegedly jumped from to where the hole was is over 40 feet horizontally. Oh, so he is now like a track star. Exactly. So it's like, wait, so he's Usain Bolt now? I was just going to say that. Like he would have needed a big running start. He's like a pole vaulter. And the twist was uh, he was wearing flip flops. No, no way. So does anyone think that makes sense? Not me. Ray also left behind a note with references to Freemasons and Stanley Kubrick. It said, quote, I stand before you, a man who understands the purpose and value of our secrets. 
see that to me kind of points to like somebody else writing that being right? like he knew something that he shouldn't have yeah it's like now he understands the value of secrets that is you know really that's what spooky. it says to me and it gives me the chilly willies i know i have a blanket on right now and i'm happy about it we gotta it. know what happened to ray ray Four. Landing at number four this week is the iconic unsolved mystery of D.B. Cooper. November 24th, 1971, a nondescript man hijacks a plane, gets his ransom, and jumps out at 10,000 feet. Hello? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> he falls from the sky, never to be seen again. But intrigue and suspicion has led to so many theories and finger pointing about who this man was and why he did what he did. I also love that this began with landing at number four this week. <laughs> I love that. So this unknown man walked into the Portland airport, bought a one-way ticket to Seattle with cash, all while wearing a full business suit. So he you know, was dapper for the day. That's right. I also love the idea of a man like jumping out of a plane with a wearing full a business full suit. suit. And like he has his like suitcase. His briefcase. And he's just like, here we go. Let's get it. Let's do it. Well, on the flight, he flashed a flight attendant a bomb in his briefcase, that oh. poor flight attendant and asked for $200,000 in cash and four parachutes. Okay. On every airplane, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? The flight landed, he got his cash and parachutes, and he let all the passengers off the plane. So he had a heart, I guess. Oh, so nice. You know? He did keep the crew on board, though, and directed them to fly to Mexico City. Okay. En route, he jumped out into iffy weather, too, and a location with, like, super thick forestry. Okay. So I feel like he had, uh, this was very, very clearly planned. Oh, yeah. Maybe he was trying to land on all those trees just like, boop. Yeah. I, I just picture, like, Twilight for some reason. <laughs> like, Forks, Washington. I do, too. So I think it's all the treescapes. Edward being like, you think you can outrun me? <laughs> He's like, you think you can outfly me? Yeah, outjump me? <laughs> well, he was never to be allegedly seen again. Allegedly. Allegedly. Also, over 800 people were considered suspects by the FBI, which is bananas. A lot of people. But you know, that number dwindled over the years to just a couple dozen. Wow, all right. Despite a search, though, nothing more about him was found, and now planes are fitted with, quote, Cooper veins that keep people from lowering air stairs mid-flight. Cooper veins. Cooper veins. So if something good came of it. Hey, there you go, a Cooper vein. DB. Number three on our countdown of suspicious falls is the 1928 death of Alfred Lowenstein. Alfred Lowenstein was a wealthy businessman who made his fortune off the back of others, not necessarily legally. On a flight from England to Brussels, Alfred is thought to have mistaken the airplane exit door for the bathroom door and fell to his death over the English Channel. Okay, so I think I had a worse fear before this on the list, yeah. and now this is taking that place. Like, th I feel like there's a lot of things that would make you stop for a second and be like, I think I might be walking out of the plane. You want to know, know something? I've gone on so many airplanes, and I have never used an airplane bathroom. I, I've i only used one once, and it was because I had a child with me. That makes sense. And I was like, damn it. I refuse. <laughs> it's terrifying. 
So Alfred was a successful but shady businessman who defrauded investors and was involved in a drug deal to increase the heroin supply in the U.S. You know, just typical business. Just out here doing the Lord's work. <laughs> you know? Alfred. A small crew of a pilot, mechanic, and some personal assistants accompanied him on the flight. And their accounts of what happened, uh, differ. Oh, okay. We're gonna say. All right. The emergency landed at a nearby beach, and it took the pilot a while before he admitted Alfred was even missing. Imagine yeah. having to be like, yeah, so... We lost someone. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> like, bummer everybody, but we're down one Alfred. All right. Let's <laughs> carry on. But let's just go on. Back to our trip. The theory that he mistook the exit door for the bathroom is pretty straightforward, but it's really unlikely considering the force it took to open the door mid-flight. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, which I was, when I first read this, I was like, wait, what? Like, wouldn't he, like, I don't know, 10 seconds into that be like, this is, this might be out into the wild blue yonder. I don't the know. The only thing I can think of, and this is just me being like, hilarious, is that he really <laughs> had to go to the bathroom. So he was like, dung. And then he was like, I really oh, gotta no. go. And then he really went. He just took all his force to really, yeah, yeah maybe. I don't you know. never know. I don't know. Uh, suicide, un, you know, is an option considering possible pressure from investors and the shady dealings, but nothing concrete ever threatened to come to light. So I don't know. Yeah. It makes sense, but it also doesn't. What a way to go. I'm saying you just fly right out of a plane. Into That's the abyss. Just all right out there. The relationship between his wife was poor, and some say that she could have been motivated to kill him for his money, and the womanizing pilot could have been her inside man. That's true. Maybe they were all in on it. She yeah. gave them some money, some you hush don't know. money. We don't know. I wasn't there. Me either. I don't think you were there, nope. but who knows? Was not. Well, his body was eventually found, and his wife did not attend the funeral. See, if you don't want to look shady, you should go to the funeral. Yeah. Most of the time, if, like, your husband dies and you don't want to be considered a suspect. Yeah, it definitely raises some flags. Just get a dress and head out there. Yeah, everybody looks good in black. Yeah, get a hat. I don't know what happened to Alfred. I know that his wife had something to do <laughs> just, with it. I just don't I'll know. I'll tell you that much, guy. And you know what? I was hoping to see D.B. Cooper on there. That was really fun. That's that one an interesting is, one. I would love to do like a full dive into that. Oh, yeah. That's an amazing case because it's just like, what happened? There's so there's like a hundred different things. Right. You could go on forever. I'm excited to see who's next. I know. I know one person and so do you. Oh, look at that. I want to know who your person is. I want to know who yours is. It's like, guess who? Ooh, let's get it. Let's do it. We're down to the final two spots on our countdown of Suspicious Falls. At number two is actress Natalie Wood. Oh, You know she had to be on here. Oh, yeah. In 1981, Natalie Wood's body was found in the waters off Catalina Island after she supposedly fell off a yacht and drowned. She had been sailing and partying with her husband, actor Robert Wagner, and actor Christopher Walken at the time. Now, unlike the clear waters around Catalina, the details of this case are murky. Ooh, play on words. Very murky. <laughs> Natalie and her husband invited friends on the boat trip, but most people declined because the water was going to be like unusually choppy that day. And they were like, I'm good. I would have declined. I would have been like, I'm not really down for seasickness today, so... 
I would be so into it because I love adventure. <laughs> so you're like, choppy waters are for me. I'm like, see you guys there. Also, I would want to hang out with Natalie Wood. Anyways, <laughs> Robert Wagner told the investigators that Natalie went to bed around 1045 that night. And it's been reported that the two also had an argument that night. Oh, isn't that always the case? It is. Now, later he went to join her and discovered that not only was she missing, but also the dinghy that they used to go to shore was missing as well. That's not good. For some reason, though, he and his friends waited for four hours to call the Coast Guard. That sounds, uh... Sus? About, about right? That sounds real <laughs> sus, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Robert. Yeah, no one can really defend you on that one. Nope, not at all. Natalie's body was found the next morning, unfortunately. Her death was ruled an accidental drowning, most likely due to a drunken fall. And imagine, like, that being your legacy when that's probably not what happened. Especially when it's not, like, confirmed. We don't know. Right, exactly. We do know that she was drunk and the dinghy was slippery, which did lend support to the theory. Of but course. But still. The postmortem report gave more information, though, saying that Wood had bruises on her body and arms, as well as a facial abrasion on her left cheek. That could go both ways. That could, because, like, weird stuff happens in the water, yeah. so you never know. And especially if it was choppy water, you're getting banged around under there. Right, maybe you hit the boat or something. You don't know. Well, decades later, the captain revealed that he originally lied to the police and that Wagner was involved in her death. Well, there you have it. Hello. <laughs> there it is. The LA Sheriff's Department changed her cause of death to, quote, drowning and other undetermined factors because a re-examination of the bruises determined that some could have actually been sustained before the fall. I was wondering if they could tell that. So I was like, maybe it happened when she was in the water. And they were like, maybe not. And they were like, no, Ash, you're wrong. You're wrong. Let me tell you. <laughs> In 2018, Robert Wagner became a person of interest after witnesses in surrounding boats at the time recalled a woman calling out in distress that night, and new witness testimonials have built a whole new timeline. I gotta ask those people on those boats. Yeah. What, what, you, what you doing? Why didn't you say that uh, when you saw it? And like, Heard yeah, it? like when you see a woman in distress, I don't know. Maybe tell the police that. Call someone. Especially when there's an investigation. Anyone. And it's like, were you just floating down the, the water, just like enjoying your cocktail? And you're like, oh, that sounds like a woman in distress. I shouldn't do anything about it. All right. It's the let's bystander just, effect, man. Keep talking about stocks. It's and crazy. So, like, what? One. And that brings us to number one on our countdown of the top 10 suspicious falls, the death of biological warfare scientist Frank Rudolph Olson. Frank Olson died when he fell, jumped, or was thrown from a window at the Statler Hotel in Manhattan in 1953. His suspicious death revealed a dark and twisted CIA secret that is terrifying. I am so excited. Are you ready for this? You are Answer. Oh, you are not. I am not. <laughs> no one is. Frank Olson was one of the first scientists assigned to a secret biological warfare division during World War II by the U.S. government. Uh-oh. It's already, th you know, we're just jumping in. I was written in the stars yeah, for you, Frank. Here. Later, he joined the CIA to work on the MK Ultra project. 
a top-secret effort to develop mind control methods using techniques that just, like, mentally break down test subjects. Well, that's awful. MKUltra's terrifying. But it's so interesting. Look it up. MKUltra oversaw the torture and brutal interrogating of, quote-unquote, expendables, or people the CIA deemed just could die in pursuit of finding a way to blast away consciousness, will, and self-determination for total control of a person. Like, guys, why did we need this? <laughs> why did the CIA wake up one day and choose violence? And they're like, you know what? These people can be our test subjects. Like, like what was the purpose? Real live lab mice. It's like, so scary. Wow. So they did this partly by drugging test subjects with enormous amounts of LSD. That's a bad trip. That's the worst trip. That's not even a trip at this point. It's, I don't even, that's final destination. Your mellow will be so harsh yeah, by yeah. this. It's going to be real harsh. At one point, Olsen and other scientists were unknowingly dosed with LSD by their boss to <laughs> test them. That is not okay. Just, and this was to see if they'd reveal details of their secret work. So they're trying to see, like, are you going to hold on to all these secrets? So we're just going to dose you with LSD. Yikes. I can't. That's a bad boss. They're like, well, the office is looking different today. Now, unfortunately, days after being drugged, Olsen was still really noticeably disoriented, and colleagues believed he was now a security risk. He was spiraling. Oh, no. The scientist he roomed with in the hotel suggested Olsen check into a hospital. <laughs> they were like, bro, you gotta get out of here. You should go see a doctor. So that became the plan. Olsen seemed more settled and relaxed, but then allegedly just jumped out the window. No way. I don't no. believe it. No. The manager at the hotel said, quote, I never encountered a case where someone got up in the middle of the night, ran across a dark room in his underwear, avoiding two beds, and dove through a closed window with the shades and curtains drawn. What? To which I say, like, yeah. Me either. I, I believe that. Same. <laughs> You've never come across that before. Well, after decades of reinvestigation, in 2002, Frank's son Eric told reporters, the death of Frank Olson on November 28th, 1953, was a murder, not a suicide. Frank Olson did not die because he was an experimental guinea pig who experienced, quote, a bad trip, like we said. Right. He died because of a concern that he would divulge information concerning a highly classified CIA interrogation program in the early 1950s and concerning the use of biological weapons by the United States in the Korean War. His poor family. Horrifying. That is insane. Like, trying to put it so it's just like, oh, you know, LSD. It'll make you jump out the window. It's a real bummer. And like, then, but, no. but even that, you're like, yeah, you secretly dosed him, too. Like, right. that's still your fault. Right, no matter what, you're responsible for murder. definitely not just it. Yeah. We they were definitely scared he was going to talk. Oh, 100%. Poor Frank. That is really scary. <laughs> so that was definitely number one. Oh, for sure. I don't know where else that would have been or what else would have replaced that. I mean, I know a lot of people, like, everybody knows the Natalie Wood tale. So yeah. I'm sure that was like, oh yeah, of course, Natalie's going to be on there, but... Wow, Frank took the cake. Oh, 100%. Frank took the LSD. Yeah, I love Natalie in that case, but... Yeah, but wow. The Frank one just like, whoo. And all these, like, 
falling from planes, I'm like, stop everybody. Way too many stop planes it. involved in this. Yeah. Way too many planes. I do not love it. I have a couple honorable mentions. Oh, give it to me. So we covered the Phoebe Handstruck case. That's a big one in Australia. Huge. People think that she fell down a laundry chute or a garbage garbage chute. Garbage chute. Yeah. It's like, that didn't happen. No. Super sus. Very suspicious. And then I found another one about, it was like that Tinder date and the guy wouldn't let her leave apparently. Oh yeah. And then they got in a fight on the balcony and she quote unquote jumped off the balcony, he said. But it's like, I don't think so. And her name was um, Warriana Wright. Oh yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. It just like popped into my head. There's definitely been a couple too where like couples were like hiking uh-huh. and then somebody falls off a cliff and dies. But like there's, there's actually so many of them that I think we could do like six more series on these. Let's make it a series. Yeah. I think we literally do a series on these because there's so many. Seriously. But these ones were like, wow. Yeah. These were primo. Wow. Once you fall from a plane, you don't go back. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Crime Countdown on Spotify to get a brand new episode delivered every week. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all other podcast shows for free on Spotify. Spotify has all your favorite music and podcasts all in one place. They're making it easier to listen to whatever you want to hear for free on your phone, computer, or smart speaker. And if you can't get enough of these creepy crimes, check out our After Crime Countdown podcast playlist on Spotify, where we've handpicked even more episodes about this week's stories that we really think you'll enjoy. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you like us, which I hope you do because you made it this far, hello, welcome. You can follow us on our other podcast, which is Morbid, a true crime podcast. You can listen to us anywhere and follow us on Twitter at AmorbidPodcast. And we hope you keep it weird until next Monday and watch your step. Be careful out there. Bye. Crime Countdown is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Anthony Valsic. Produced by John Cohen and associate produced by Jonathan Ratliff. Fact-checking by Cara Mackerline. Research by Ambika Chotera, Jay Cahio, and Mickey Taylor. Crime Countdown stars Ash Kelly and Elena Urquhart.